What's going on, youth workers? Paul Turner here from the DiscipleProject.net and your host here at the Youth Ministry in Motion podcast, the podcast that wants to keep you motivated and your youth ministry moving forward. And I know it's the day after Christmas, and some of you are very sad that Christmas is over, and some of you are very happy that Christmas is over. And I'm just here to validate both points of view. No matter how you feel about today, today is your day and I I embrace it with you, whatever it may be. But I hope you're doing well. I hope you did have a fantastic Christmas. I'm super excited about this episode. I, I'm, I've interviewed lots of people, but let me tell you something. This, this Stephanie Caro is something else. She is fantastic. She's been a youth worker a long time and she has a tremendous amount of wisdom to share with you. I cannot wait for you to hear it. But before we get to that, this episode is brought to you by My Youth Ministry Playbook 2022. It is not just a planner, it is a playbook. Planners require you to come up with all the ideas, whereas this, a playbook that I have written for you, it actually helps you and gives you ideas and gives you plans going forward. This book has articles on programming, student leadership, principles of review, evaluating your teams, articles about camp. In addition to all that, there are worksheets. Uh, there's a goal setting lesson in there. There are brainstorming sheets. There's all kinds of forms in there, plus your 2022 calendars and a bunch of worksheets on designing events that work and a social media calendar so you can keep up with the post and when you're supposed to post them. And in addition to that, I'm offering $50 in bonuses right now. And if you sign up before January 1st, you're also going to get my book, 21 Days to Developing a Holy Habit of Hustle, which is for those of you that got side gigs or side jobs and you really want to do it in a godly way. There's some devotions for you there. You're also going to get my youth meeting playbook, packed with how to have a great youth meeting. Uh, you're also going to get a six-week series called Gospel Garage, which is an outreach designed to attract students to your ministry. Uh, you're also going to get 40 days of devotions, not for your kids, not for your students, for you based on Psalm 119. And you're also going to get Love Revolutions, a little package I put together of IG graphics and devotions based on 1 Corinthians 13 and John 4. So you can use that for upcoming Valentine's Day. So listen, if you want to be a planning genius in 2022, and I hope you do because I want you to be a planning genius in 2022 because I want you to have a successful youth ministry. I'll put a link down in the show notes. And uh, one other little announcement that if you've enjoyed this podcast, if you notice, I don't do any um, ads from other companies or anything like that. So there's no, uh, you know, brand affiliation money that comes in here. There's simply me presenting my resources. Uh, but listen, you say, look, Paul, I love what you do. And, uh, you know, I like your resources. They're not my bag. But if you say, Paul, I would love to support what you do. I'm going to put a little link down in the show notes. It's just a little tip jar where you can say, hey, Paul, I have valued uh, many of the episodes that you've done this year, and I want to show my appreciation. So if you'd like to give, I sure would appreciate it, And uh, but it is not a necessity. It's simply available to you that if the Lord puts it on your heart, then go ahead and give and give cheerfully. 
All right, enough of the announcements. It is time to get into the interview. Stephanie Caro is a tremendous human being. You're going to enjoy her so much. Uh, she has been involved in ministry to children, youth, adults, and the local church, both large and small, since a, well, long time ago, uh, by her own admission. her She is funny. She is straightforward. She keeps busy by presenting and coaching at conferences, training events, camps, missions, trips, retreats, churches, and so much more. She is now Senior Consultant for Ministry Architects, which allows her to help churches assess, vision, and formulate their ministry game plans. Her books include Thriving Youth Ministry in Smaller Churches and 99 Thoughts for the Smaller Church Youth Worker. You can always check out Stephanie's blogs over at youthministry.com, youthspecialties.com, Princeton Theological Seminary, and others. So Stephanie Caro, welcome to the show. Why, thank you, sir. I am having fun already. Uh, you know, it's my favorite thing, drink coffee and talk. And we're right. Absolutely. I mean, what, what's better than that? Not, nothing really. I mean, we're supposed to say Jesus. Oh, oh, but I'm sorry. Yeah. But can we have Jesus and talk and drink coffee? Can we do three things? Every day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, Ms. Stephanie Caro, uh, I want to ask you because uh, people want to know guests that come on the show, they want to know their backstory and sure. life and youth workers are kind of like superheroes and every superhero has an origin story, right? Spider-Man is coming out and his origin story is he was bit by a spider and therefore, you know, became Spider-Man. And uh, so I guess people want to know, you know, how'd you become a youth worker? Did a spider bite you or oh, did, a, yeah. did a teenager bite you? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Finally, the story comes out, um, you know, it, it, well, first of all, my dad was in ministry. My dad was a pastor and, and, um, you know, he moved on to another church and my husband and I were still there, um, at the church and, you know, we were young newlyweds. And back in that day, if you could breathe, you were must have been okay as a youth worker because this was in the 19 never you minds um, correct like 40 years ago <laughs> and so there was no such thing as staff youth workers and no and I'll tell you what really though Paul there was no such thing as women youth directors <gasps> period I know right what, what? And so um, my dad had moved on from the church and they needed somebody to kind of step in and volunteer. And so my husband and I stepped in and said, okay, we'll be the youth directors, but it really wasn't my husband's jam. Um, and so we, um, so I just kind of started, I didn't know what I was doing, but I started by teaching a confirmation class and taking kids on a district youth trip and found out that you weren't supposed to put the kids to bed and then leave the ski trip with the other adults and go cool. We're supposed to do that. Don't do that. people. That was back before safe sanctuary. We, you know, and so, so 40 years ago, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's been like 40 years. Wow. I know. That's which, an incredible journey. Which I only look like 40. Uh, clearly. If you're watching via the YouTube, you can clearly yeah. see that uh, Ms. Caro is amazing. It's amazing. It's in the all her glory. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so, so we, 
we have you today to talk about, and we're going to talk to senior pastors here in just a minute. So if you're a senior pastor, you need to hang on. You need to hang in there with us. Um, but we're going to talk to them, but we're going to talk about, you know, how to keep a thriving youth worker at your church. But can you tell the audience uh, what a thriving youth worker looks like? Does it mean having a large youth ministry? Does it mean having all that charisma that just draws teenagers to you like a magnet? Is that a, is that a thriving wor youth worker? Is that the, is that a, uh, uh, is that the textbook definition? No. I'm so glad you asked because it used to be back then, you know, back, back in the day when I first got started, you know, we, I think every church was looking for that kind of sort of hippie played guitar, you know, maybe had a beard sort of looked like Jesus 20 something that could also play basketball and walk on water and lead music and all this kind of thing. And so, you know, I think not anymore. Churches have gotten so smart, they realize that a thriving youth worker is one that has great systems, great organization, some healthy boundaries about themselves, um, that is uh, satisfied with uh, having six kids or 60 kids. You know, Paul, the, um, the average size youth group in America is only like seven or eight kids. There's only like seven or eight. That's the average number at churches in America. And so, um, you know, I think it's the healthy youth worker just wants to do good youth ministry, regardless of the number. Yeah. And I know that there's a lot of youth workers that just breathe a sigh of relief that the average number is seven or eight, because there's maybe some youth workers listening and watching and saying, hey, I have seven or eight kids. I'm not terrible average mediocre i mean i'm uh, well yeah. yes for the time being and you but it'll it'll get there but you're not below the national average right and you know what i'll but at the same time when i teach workshops to small churches which is kind of my niche area is small church youth ministry mm -hmm. i will i will um charge them with this even if you have two kids show up, do the thing with excellence. Don't ever say, where is everybody? Don't ever say just two showed up. Because if you ever want to build any credibility or any consistency, you can't let two kids know it wasn't worth doing just for two kids. That's right. Because two kids one kid, it's absolutely worth doing it. And you just go out there and you do the best you can with who you've got and, you know, like really let God do the rest as well. So absolutely. And, and I've taken many a kid on a failed event, failed event where I said, well, this isn't going to happen. Let's go to McDonald's. Uh, let's go do something, you know, uh, else that, that doesn't require 20 kids to go, sure. uh, or we just went and did the thing, whatever the thing was, whether it was laser tag or whatever it was, well, we're going anyway. And, you know, I'll eat it in the budget, <laughs> you know? Right. I've made that mistake too. In fact, I'll, I'll teach that in my workshops. If your budget is so tight, then if you're a smaller church, don't plan anything that requires a certain critical mass to have. Um, if it's going to cause your budget a pro, I learned that the hard way. <laughs> 
taking kids to wet and wild water park mm. and thinking of sure I'd have 15 kids there and I didn't and you know didn't have enough we I thought it was going to be the group rate anyway I learned my lesson yeah and I'm but sure there's anyway. a lot of there's a lot of youth workers shaking their heads now they're there's oh. you know they're they're either went over budget or or something happened and, and it just did not work out and then you have to exp- you have to explain things <laughs> to to and people I I want to say to all of you out there that are listening, you know, I hope that you don't even hear the fact that there is the plumber in the bathroom right across from my office door and putting in a new toilet of all the times. So we're just yeah. going to we're going to jackhammer and drill stuff. It's going to happen now, which caused both dogs to go ballistic because apparently our homes under attack. Yeah. So, so now, you know, and I'm just sitting here talking with Paul and you're wondering what's that noise. And, you know, it's kind of like youth ministry. You just keep plowing ahead. That's right. It's not a, it's not right. Right. It's not youth ministry. If things are going perfectly smooth and it's not really a zoom call unless you have dogs, uh, babies, uh, or something going on. Amazon deliveries. Yes. Amazon deliveries. Dogs. Yep. Or you've got the plumber installing in a new toilet at this particular moment. Thank you very much. We transition to going into talking about um, senior pastors, lead pastors. I, I think it's important that we talk about the fact that what responsibility, what role or responsibility does the senior or lead pastor have in helping a youth worker become a thriving youth worker? Because I think there's a lot of pastors who want their youth pastors to know everything when they get in there. Uh, they want them thriving the minute they walk through the door and they want numbers to jump up by 50% simply by the entrance uh, mm-hmm. of the youth worker into their facility. Uh, and I just think it's, a, it's important. To, can you, what is the role or responsibility of that of lead pastor to facilitate or to help or to mentor a youth worker to becoming a thriving youth worker? You know, I think, um, I think first and foremost, what I, what I've seen is what I see missing more often than not is a the the average youth worker comes in and you know and they want to do great things and they want to make the ministry better and um, what's missing is is I find a lot of the foundational stuff for providing a thriving healthy work environment like, the, the youth worker comes in and there's a job description that was written like 15 years ago. And there's no set system for um, evaluation, you know, periodic tr- check-in. And, and I know everybody's heart goes a little bit thumpy when you have to think about your yearly evaluation. You know what? I don't think it should be yearly. I think I think there ought to be some kind of evaluative system, gosh, every quarter, where not only is the youth worker getting to check in and be checked on, but maybe also going both ways. Um, You know, one of the things that always bothered me in youth ministry was, I think most youth workers were a little bit like puppies. You have to tell us we did something wrong right when we did it. Don't tell me a year later that Mrs. So-and-so was mad at me for 
skip bow with the youth group and we didn't play uno or something Don't tell me <laughs> uno is holier than uh, skip than i can say right now and and so you know i just remember sitting there thinking i don't even remember the instance because it was eight nine ten eleven twelve months ago and now you want me to defend myself so i think one of a couple of things the senior pastor can do is make sure that there is a system for expression both ways what's working what's not working um what do you need what are you not getting so that the uh so that the youth worker gets to um help create some clearly communicated expectations um and that includes numbers one of the things um you know, I'm senior consultant with Ministry Architects. I work mm -hmm. for a guy named Mark DeVries. I don't know if any of you have ever heard of the guy. Pretty, he's pretty legendary. He's pretty, le yeah, he's legendary, <laughs> all right. And um, one of the things we always encourage pastors to do with their staff people is set target expectations. Don't don't make a youth worker have some session member that thinks you should have a hundred kids and another council member think you ought to have 50 kids and somebody expecting this. And then you've got 20 kids coming and you think it's all going great. So um, I think thriving youth workers, senior pastors help have two-way evaluation also help your youth workers set clear expectations, not grow the church by 50 youth when you've been having six kids come. Yep. Um, that's expecting what is unfair and doesn't help a youth worker thrive is expecting the youth ministry to save the church. First of all, only Jesus saves. Secondly, the church leadership has to be willing to go boldly go where no one else has gone, not expect the youth ministry to pull everyone up. Um, I think for thriving youth workers, I think, uh, and we all know this, I just still see so many bad examples of it. We don't help youth workers set uh, realistic um, work schedules. I actually do think it is actually, you know, some of you may not like this idea, but I do think we should have some kind of timekeeping system for youth workers to use. They don't have to be at the office, yeah. but they, they should probably clock in, clock out, or time schedule. That way, there's no imagined, uh, no imagined, what does that youth worker do all the time? The youth worker can say, here's where I was. I was at Starbucks here. I was at the school here in, out, total hours. And that helps the youth worker thrive because nobody's out there pointing a finger at youth, the youth worker saying, well, what are we paying you for? You're never here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember I used to, I used to fill out a weekly, um, uh, a weekly planner type sheet and I would hand that in. Uh, so they would know kind of what my week was, you know, what, what did I have planned? And I think that's critical uh, to let, let your pastor know. It's critical for you to have a plan, first of all, I think as a youth worker. And then it's also, like you said, to spread that information around a little bit. So people know what you're doing when you're visiting schools, when you're uh, doing a hospital visit, when you're, you know, taking kids out to eat. And, and you bring up so many great points there that I hope that those that are listening and watching this is something that if you don't have a review system in place, 
you why not take this as suggestions that you could bring up and interject into whatever you have right now maybe nothing there may be no review mm-hmm. system you're just kind of out there and and you don't know if you're doing any good or not uh no you're getting no feedback mm-hmm. and so you can take this as as an idea as stephanie said which i think is a great idea is simply go ahead and you know at at best or at worst you send your pastor an email occasionally and tell them what you're doing you know let them know your yes. schedule or, or something like yes. that just include them in your emails with your staff with your volunteers or whatever you're doing and just in, just you know put them on the list so that they kind of know what they're what they're doing which then brings me then if all this is done i and i you've probably seen it maybe more so even than i but the church is losing a lot of good youth workers they're losing thriving youth workers mm-hmm. why is that why is the church i see it two ways number one i think and there's two sides to every story so when you hear about the terrible things that are done in the church and the pastor fires a youth worker fires a youth pastor right you're hearing one side of a story you're not hearing the whole thing but then you have the other side where there that youth workers are just collapsing under the weight and of course covid and all that but i would say that that before covid happened churches were losing mm-hmm. valuable thriving youth workers so if we were to reverse engineer that then why are they losing thriving youth pastors and what can they do to prevent it well you are right that um that the pandemic did not help and youth workers even senior pastor types lead pastors are also part of that great resignation you hear everyone talking about you know a number of youth workers really really struggled during the pandemic because all of a sudden they couldn't use their normal bag of tricks in youth ministry because they didn't see their kids. And it became the level of depression for many youth pastors became really high. And so we lost a lot. Um, I'll give you an example. Our search uh, department ministry architects, we've never been busier. We have doing so many searches. It's we're at the highest level of current searches we've ever been, churches that um, the youth worker just couldn't make it through the pandemic, churches that maybe had to uh, back away from staff finances because of loss of income during the pandemic. But to really go before that, like you said, and deconstruct it all, um, I think We often set the youth worker too often in a church up for failure because we don't hire well from the beginning. Uh, A church will say, we just need to hire some young person to come on in and do youth ministry and take our kid and, you know, be a Pied Piper. And then parents or adults aren't happy with their performance because maybe that youth worker doesn't know yet great communication skills or great organizational skills. And so whereas the teenagers all love that youth worker, the adults get just exacerbated, exasperated with them. And, um, you know, they come, they last, you know, a couple few years and people get upset with them and they're out the door. And then the church is like, well, we wanted that youth worker to grow this church. Like I mentioned before, you know, yeah. save, yeah. save our dying congregation. So I think, I think we're losing youth workers because we, we hire poorly from the beginning 
or we hire well, but then we don't give them the tools they need to um, become more professional at what they do. Well, unpack that because I think that's a, a fascinating observation because I don't know, and I can talk from experience, they were, I worked for pastors that were ill-equipped to equip others. Mm, they just yeah. were. And right. so what are some of those tools you would recommend? And I think youth pastors can hear this because if they're not getting what they need from their pastors, maybe they can sense that this toolbox maybe is something they could say, hey, this is what I'm looking for. So what are some of those tools so, that pastors can use? Oh, that's such a good question. Pastors and youth pastors, um, here is the not so sexy part of youth ministry. The fun part is the glow in the dark, midnight, Quidditch, capture the flag <laughs> overnight game, right? Yes, That's the yes. part we all love. Every youth worker just loves those cool things. Yeah. But you know what, what will really ultimately save you to be a better youth worker is that are those foundational things. And so here's something, you know, any of you that have read sustainable youth ministry, you've read Mark's dance floor illustration. If you want to hire well and then have a youth worker that thrives, make sure the dance floor is solid. And what we mean by that is make sure, because um, you can't do new fancy dances if the dance floor is cracked, is what Mark says. And so a solid dance floor means you have a great data management tracking system. And okay, and you're, uh, Paul, you know, Paul might say, well, I only got six kids. I can remember that. Really? Tell me last week's sermon title. <laughs> Tell me the sermon title from two weeks ago. You can't remember what, what kids were there all the time. So you need a good tracking system, a good, even if it's just an Excel spreadsheet, you need to have great um, game plans for things. You need to have program planning sheets. You need to have good major event notebooks. You need to have good volunteer helps. All of that system stuff which seems not quite so exciting, will make that solid dance floor. And then you don't have parents or church members or church leaders biting at your tail all the time because you mm -hmm. didn't do good communication about an event. That really is helping them. Now, maybe the pastor can help you figure out those systems, or maybe the pastor helps you get a good coach that can figure out those systems. But you put those in place, you're going to find yourself enjoying your job so much more, even if you're not the organized type. But I'll bet you you have somebody, some mom is just dying to get your office all organized and all Excel <laughs> spreadsheetized. Or just to snoop through it. Or just to snoop through it and figure out what are all those Lego pieces doing all that's of right. <laughs> you know, and so so that's one way that you help them thrive is is expect and help them get solid systems. Yeah, and a hundred percent agree. That's that's the you know whether you that's solid dance floor floor is you got to have that if you're let's say you're going to make you're going to do some something outrageous in you not that you would in youth ministry but if you did something yeah, outrageous we would. yeah we would <laughs> but 
but you wouldn't be doing it on a rickety dance floor. No. In other words, that the that the the scope of the risky thing you're going to do is equal to or should be equal to the stability of the dance floor. That if your dance floor is okay, then the risk might be might be okay too because you have built in you've you've solidified that dance floor to to make those moves on it that you want to move. Right. That's right. I think in another piece um, for pastors to hear, and in each denomination, the system is a little bit different. In my faith tradition, we have um, a personnel type committee called Staff Parish. Mm-hmm. And Staff Parish is the laity um, team that manages over staffing issues. And so whether you have an HR team or a personnel committee or a staff parish or however you handle that, I want to encourage pastors to encourage those teams, make those teams two-way streets, not just the place that a youth worker gets called to when they're in trouble. Yeah. Um, don't make that personnel committee always bad cop. Let there be some times where it's a good cop thing where, you know, in my faith tradition, we call it staff parish relations. Mm -hmm. And it's supposed to, in theory, be staff and laity in the church have back and forth communication and relationships. Well, it doesn't usually work that way. It's usually this committee is the one that hires you and then fires you, yet none of them know a single thing about what it takes to be a youth worker because none of them are youth workers. Yeah. And so um, I think equipping those personnel committees at what's happening in youth ministry helps the youth worker thrive, letting them know what's letting them know for an example that this is a difficult time for many youth workers around the country. They are, um, yeah. This fall, uh, attendance for youth ministries is averaging around 33% um, down due to COVID, you know, and post-pandemic, anywhere between 33 to 40% is the, is the rising average. And so it's not the time to put the pressure on a youth worker to grow right now for the rest of this school year. I think success for a youth worker is keeping the kids we have. Personnel committees, probably keeping them educated as to what's happening in the youth ministry world helps the youth worker thrive. Yeah. Time to circle the wagons, as they say. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, look, let's... take care of what's in your house. Take care True, of, right. take care, take care of what's in your house right now. There'll take be time care. to do major outreaches. Exactly. All the things. Take care of what's in your house. I think that's mm-hmm. such a great observation, Stephanie. It's, um, but as we begin to wrap up our time, can you offer, you know, there are like, you've already offered so many tips and so many ideas of what youth workers can move now to, because some feel like they're not thriving. They just don't feel like, because it's either number-based or it's just uh, performance-based or whatever it is, how can they start to shift from wherever they're at, wherever they're thinking about in their, in their ministry to a thriving mentality? So where can they start to shift and do even beyond the, we've mentioned a lot of the, uh, the X's and O's of thriving, right? Having a good administration, good, good bones, good dance floor, all the things in there. But where can they start to shift either on a mental or an emotional level 
into a thriving, how can they start to change their perspective maybe to be able to move them into that? I, you know, this is a great time of year to think about that too. Um, I am not a big one for making New Year's resolutions. Having said that, I always found in youth ministry that uh, this was a good time of year to kick off some new habits because, you know, for a lot of youth groups out there, we've already had the second, third Sunday of Advent. So we've all had our youth Christmas party. Everybody's had their youth Christmas party. And that is a signal that you don't have to have youth anymore till after Epiphany. <laughs> right. right. And if you are having youth, you shouldn't be. You deserve a break. That's right. And so, you know, so we've all got two or three weeks three or four maybe off that, you know, you celebrate the holidays with your family. And then I think it's a good chance for you just to spend some what Mark calls balcony time. Balcony time is that time where you're, you're not doing ministry, but you're looking down over it and you're kind of figuring out strategy for yourself. And instead of strategy for the ministry, what if this or the season you figured out strategy for you? And I want to let you off the hook. At first, I was thinking, do three new things. And then I thought, no, let's do two new things. Maybe in the first of the year, if I were going to pick all of, here's what I choose from, and you choose from this list. Um, Two things, find a coach or mentor that helped you with systems, if that's what you need. If you don't have a good evaluation system, why don't you just write your own eval and send it to your pastor? You know, start it that way. Hey, create it on Google form, go rate me from one to five, and then give them, give them like six or seven things to rate you on. I'll tell you what, that'll make it a good impression. The fact that you're willing to hear the good, the bad, and the ugly, so to speak. So first, you know, Maybe find a coach or a mentor. Two, maybe set up your own evaluation form. Three, um, if you have people saying all the time, what does that youth worker do all day? Then put some kind, there's apps for everything. Find an app where you're tracking yourself. And then four, choices. I'm not saying you do all four of these. Just pick two. Four, find, find that person in your church that actually does lo- love doing organizational things. They're probably the engineer type. They're the ones that know how to do all of those Excel spreadsheet formula yeah. geeky nerd things. Um, and have them help you get organized. They would love to do that. And so I'd say pick two of those things and put them into place. I am going to be generous and give you to the end of January. That is super generous of you. I know, because I was thinking January 15th. Ooh, okay. But now I decided January 31st. And if you need help with this, and I don't even know when this is going to play, but uh, hopefully it's going to play so that folks are listening to this in time. But if you need help, just email me at ministry architects and I'll go over these. Hopefully I'll remember what I just said and you know, <laughs> I'll be happy to go over these with you. Well, if you have taken notes, listeners and viewers, and I hope you have, 
that uh, you're going to uh, you're going to remember these things and you're going to send her send Stephanie an email and say, hey, uh, Stephanie, this is the things I have chosen to do. And I'm going to encourage you to do that. I'm going to encourage you to go ahead and write out one of those things or two of or, those things. I, I'll, I'll acquiesce to that one or two, because one of them may be a big deal yeah. for you. It could be. It could be. And so I'm going to encourage you, if you're watching, if you're listening, send that and say, Miss Stephanie, I have done it. This is what I have done. This is what I'm working on. And then she will get back to you and she will, uh, will probably send you uh, a note of encouragement, a box of steaks, maybe. Um, maybe, some... maybe a cute meme of a fluffy cat. Ooh, I like that. Who doesn't like cat things? That if, if I certainly do. And if you're watching and listening and do not like fluffy cat things, I can't help you. Yes. You're beyond. You know, my I know, you know, if they don't like fluffy cat thing, I don't even know if they're American. Well, and to all our friends who are listening and watching that are not American, that's okay too. If that's you don't okay. like fluffy things, you Canadians, you, you yeah. are. <laughs> that's right. You're as not a nice of a Canadian as you think you are. If well, you... see, that's the thing. The Canadians would say they love fluffy cat things because right. they're just they're just super polite. But they would, even if they hated them, they, they would, would say, hurt. I like them. They would say, yeah, you betcha. <laughs> you betcha. You betcha. And on that note, Miss Stephanie Caro, let people know where they can reach out to you. They have your email there at Ministry Architects. Where yeah. else can they reach out to you? Oh, you know, on Friday nights, I'm down. Never mind. Ooh, huh? Well, really, you know, the uh, best way is at stephanie.caro at ministryarchitects.com. Mm -hmm. But if you don't know how to spell that, just go to the Ministry Architects page and look on the team page. And I'll be way down at the end because we organized it alphabetically by first name and not. And she is not name. bitter by about that I am at not all. bitter at all. So I'm way down at the end. Um, and uh, just uh, seriously, if you reach out to me, I will answer you because I just, I like talking to people. So there, clearly we know that if you've been listening and watching today, <laughs> Stephanie loves to talk to people. So. I know. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to put a link to all her stuff in the show notes and down in the doobly-doo. Uh, that's YouTube terms for the description box. Is that a real thing? Doobly-doo. Doobly yeah, it's called the doobly-doo by some people. So I'm going to, so it's the doobly-doo. Information down in the doobly-doo, YouTubers. It sounds like a word I'm not supposed to say. <laughs> or it's a word you use to replace another word. Exactly. Could be. It <laughs> could be. But we appreciate your time today, Miss Stephanie. Thank you so much for encouraging people. Thanks for talking to pastors. If you're a pastor, you need to go ahead and reach out as well because you need to know some things about your youth ministry that maybe you don't know and Miss Stephanie can answer for you. I'll tell and you everything you should know. She will school you hard. I'm telling you hard. what, you're going to Mama class. Caro. Mama Caro will, is in the house. M Mother Caro. And if you don't learn, you get a slap with the ruler on the knuckles. No, I just point the finger. The, this little, this little, um, my forefinger. <laughs> for those of you that can't see me, it's my yeah. pointer finger. Right. You get one of those. Yeah, yeah. You, Stephanie Caro, are a delight. Thank you for being on the show oh, today. It was my pleasure. Thank you. Now listen, 
if you did not like Miss Stephanie Caro, I can't help you. She was such a delightful person. So happy to have her on the show. And she mentioned so many things. She has never, by the way, she has never looked at my youth ministry playbook before this interview. And a lot of what she is talking about is in that book. It's a, a methodology of keeping you on track. It comes with all the worksheets, the planning sheets, all that stuff that you need that is going to make your dance floor solid. And I'm pretty sure she didn't know that I coached youth workers, which she recommended you find a coach. So I'm going to put a link down to my coaching service down there in the uh, doobly-doo and the show notes. So that is it for today, youth workers. I love you so much. I thank you for your hard work. We're about to go into a new year. And um, if uh, once again, if they've not told you that you're doing a good job, you're doing a good job. You heard it from me. You're doing a good job. I know the hard work you're putting in. I know the sleepless nights. I know all the flack you get uh, after a Wednesday night. I've been in those meetings. And I just want to tell you that you're working hard. You're going to get better. Keep at it. And I guess the next time you'll hear from me will be in the new year. So happy new year, everybody. <laughs>